out of it. Get out of it! Yeah, I'm fine, sweetheart. Sorry I lost my temper. Hannah, I love you very much. What? Keep away from me. Stay where you are. Dad? Keep away from me! Dad? Keep away from me! Keep away from me! Keep away! Keep away! Keep away! Keep away! What's wrong? Dad! Jen! Jen is infected! No! No! Jen! No! Jen, kill it! Siblings Podcast, the podcast where two brothers have an in-depth discussion about film. I'm Ian. And I'm James. All right, well, this is our second part to 28 Days Later, and what we're going to do is we're going to jump right back in to where we left off. We are with our new members of this group, and we're leaving the High Rise Hotel, High Rise Hotel, High Rise Apartment Building in the taxi cab. Right. So, but, but what they've done is they've set up the journey here, and it's one of the classic zombie tropes. It's the stories never follow people who have set up their stronghold and you know are okay, have a completely secure stronghold. Um, but they are trying to find a stronghold, and we've seen this in Walking Dead, like however many seasons where you're going to a different one. Um, but you have a stronghold of survivors, classic trope, potential cure, classic trope, um, and the unsurety of the timeliness of the beacon of hope that they're getting. So this is all kind of done with the, the radio broadcast. And, you know, are they still there? Are they all dead? You know? And so um, it, it does bring something interesting in thematically. That's not just setting up the journey. Because um, Frank says, you know, we need you more than you need us. And he, he's actually thinking very pragmatically. Which Hannah oh, counterpoints him and right. says, we need each other, basically. Right. He, and, and so, but Frank is thinking a lot more like Selena and um, in that high pragmatism rate. But he knows that he's not like Selena. Um, and he knows that they can potentially slow them down. But Hannah, like you said, she says... You need us just the same as we need you. We need each other. And so she is, she is, she's the daughter. She's more innocent. She is similar to Jim 
And it brings up that, that theme of human interdependence, that need for society, the tribes, the groups, what have you. And that, that's kind of just brought up and, and considered um, thematically. But then they get in the cab and they go underground. Well, we get a nice dad joke. He says, uh, just so he turns the, the, the meter on, the cab meter, and says, just so you know, I don't take uh, cards or checks. Right. Just before just before <laughs> and, they do their descent into hell. Right. And uh, Selena kind of rolls her eyes. Jim kind of looks off to the side. And her his daughter laughs. His daughter does laugh at his jokes, which is kind of... <laughs> it's just, I yeah. thought it was a nice touch. Well, she didn't have to um, pretend to be cool like teenagers do. Yeah. Uh, um, now, the soundtrack is a nice, soft voice singing mm -hmm. Ave Maria over the scene. Uh, nice melody behind it, like piano... Uh, keys mm -hmm. and like you said we are at a tunnel yeah uh, jim is totally against this he well wants, yeah, he, he calls it to take, a shit idea he, he wants to take the indirect route uh she says uh somebody i don't know one of the girls says it's the most direct route jim says well let's take the indirect route uh, right uh, but the one with the one that's in broad daylight is what he says well frank just ignores him and said let's get it done yeah. And he just descends into this, yeah. what's obviously it's, a very shit idea. It's an archetypal descent into hell in, in a lot of ways, and which which is part of the, the hero's journey. And and I, this movie isn't exactly, you know, it's not a hero's journey sort of thing, but it's really, you know, you go in here and, and it's one of those, those things of, of you're going, why? Why would you do this? This right. is a bad idea. But that's a horror movie trope. It is. People, it is, of course, a horror movie trope. But they, but one of the the good things that Danny Boyle ideas. does with it is, is you know, it's like yes, I'm acknowledging that this is a bad idea. However, Jim not, is us. Jim is the audience. Yes, Jim is saying this is a bad idea, and everybody else is like, okay. But just like the audience, Jim is not the driver. Right. So so uh, we come to the sort of wreckage blockade thing and uh they slow down and uh yeah you this is really an obviously a should idea as jim says yeah and frank frank floors it he ramps the blockade yeah. they're all laughs it's fun they're having fun it's it I, until this, they land and they get a flat this tried my suspension of disbelief a little bit because i i just didn't it's so obviously a ramp yeah and and like I just didn't, I, I guess I've been driving for what, you know, I don't know how many years now, 18 years or so. And I'm kind of like going, I don't think I've ever seen anything that I, I could just ramp and start <laughs> driving on the tops of vehicles like this. But, right. and, then, and then it goes, okay, well, you, you catch a flat tire. And, and, and Frank, flat. I love this. Frank leans out the vehicle and looks at the flat tire. He just goes, fuck. And only the way Brandon Gleason can deliver this line. Fuck! World's worst place to get a flat, huh? Agreed. Think we better do this quick. Uh, I, I love it. I don't know uh, why they don't run on the rim, though. Get out of the damn I, place. I do. I, I have to say, so he opens the door to where Jim's sitting, and Jim is just... See, Killian Murphy delivers this perfectly. The, the whole, like, I told you so attitude, and he's just going, like, world's worst place to get a flat. 
<laughs> no <laughs> kidding. And Frank says, agreed. Uh, better do this one quick. Yeah. My next note I wrote down, why not just roll on the rim for a bit? Like, yeah. okay, it could damage the wheel or whatever, but... Who cares? Who cares? Like, you're changing the whole thing, uh, you know, well, not the rim, but the, the uh, axle or whatever. It's better than what's about to happen, right? This uh, this is all set up for a really sweet scene. Uh, that, yeah. No, the, like, if they were in any other circumstance leading up to it, this would have been a really cool scene. Uh, but I think... This is the weakest of all the scenes. The 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 in, encounters with the infected? No, just the lead up to it. I think this is a cool, very well shot, cool scene. Yeah. Uh, the the laughing, the the when they're laughing, I think it's kind of it's interesting. It gives you this whole sense of like, oh, yeah, they had an escape for a moment. Yeah, you know, and and that's one thing I I, I appreciate about this film that a lot of movies that that. And, and, and shows now um, they are so damn dark and like this movie given the setup is got every right to be dark from start to finish but there are breaks there are, there breaks. are breaks yeah the audience needs that humans need that like yeah. the idea that everybody's going to be dark and serious for the whole time is so not in touch with humanity it's kind of sad yeah, I kind of worry about the folks who are creating the film and editing and thinking that it, you know you never need a joke or a moment of, of levity, uh, and so so the laughter here is, is actually really good. Yeah, uh, so Hannah's Hannah's in charge of setting up the jacks like they've done this before, and uh, as she's setting it up, Jim's standing watch and a swarm of rats starts coming. Yeah. Um, Poor Hannah. Poor yeah. <laughs> she gets she gets crawled on, um, followed by shadows and sounds of infected. Uh, this is kind of a. I think this you only see the shadows at first, and uh, Selena yeah. said they're running from the infected. Like these rats yeah. are terrified of these. She things sure too. knows a lot. I mean, I guess she knows, and well, she's maybe she's seen it before. But like. She's our... Or she just puts the pieces together quickly. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. But she, she's our she's our expositor. She's our narrator in a lot of ways. Yeah. So forget the jack. Everyone lift. So the men are lifting. Oh, they're all three lifting, I think. Selena, Frank, and Jim. Mm -hmm. It's just and the race Hannah, to change a flat tire. Hannah is in charge of changing the tire. She's been through this. She knows what she's doing, mm -hmm. which is cool. Uh, uh, let's see. They get the tire change in the nick of time. You know, she keeps looking back at them. Selena's telling her, don't look at these. Don't look at them. Just focus on what you're doing but kind of thing. And Jim's taunting them, though, as they're driving off. Yeah. No, yeah. They get in the car in the nick of time. And as they're driving off, Jim hangs out and gives them the finger. Like, I I didn't get that. Oh, he, I think he's, his, this is where his character starts to change. He's starting to feel sort of invincible towards them. And we see later uh we're driving in daylight and selena tells frank to stop the car this is my favorite scene oh this is wonderful and i love the song that plays along with it uh mm -hmm. we stop at a store called budgeons uh i don't know if that's a thing in the uk or not it might just be a I, one -off. I assume so the, the way they mention things it's they enter realistic. the store and it is fully stocked some play, like a light a playful light-hearted indie song starts playing and it starts to get louder and crescendo and all the power's still on and uh yeah all the power's still on selena says let's shop <laughs> 
running around. There's a lot of good lines. Yeah. Uh, this this though is is really the the lightest point in the movie. I this mean, is the, this is the this is the fun part. This is the fun. Everybody wants to do a supermarket sweep. Mm-hmm. This is the fun. This is the fun you get to have in looting during the apocalypse. Right. Like everybody wants to focus on the dark stuff, but this is the kind of the cool thing that you get to do is steal a bunch of shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, the, everybody has had this thought. This um, is this is the scene that when I from the time I've seen the movie the first time, and I haven't wa- rewatched this a lot, but this scene. It sticks but, out. It, it sticks out, but particularly the scene here with with Brendan Gleeson when he comes up on the fruit, the apples. Oh yeah, yeah. all the you and, get all these rotted fruit. They're rotted, and then he, the one green apple box. Yeah, and I'm not sure that that uh, apples actually rot that much in 28 days, but I'll I'll go with it because it's a good it's a good well, visual. They, and I mean, he, the, you buy produce at Walmart. And it's rotten no, half ap- the time. Apples, apples tend to, to anyway, last. But anyway, but he just he, he, also he, Brendan Gleeson delivery of this line, awesome. Irradiated. 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 But this, the thing yeah. that he says that, but the fact is, given that this is a post-apocalyptic film, the idea that radiation actually makes an appearance in a positive light's kind of refreshing to me. Yeah, and so, he takes the whole bit. He, yeah, he, yeah, he, oh, yeah. He, the whole bin is his, but it does. And Which it, you'll it, see later at the uh, at the end of the film. Yeah, but it's it's also a, a nod that not all human ingenuity and meddling in na- natural affairs is bad. Like, and that's something that you could take from the beginning of the film that humans shouldn't mess with nature. Mm-hmm. Um, but here you see that no, sometimes meddling in nature is good. And we get Jim, who's looking at, he's examining what this can of stuff, and we get Selena saying, uh, only take what doesn't need to be cooked. And Jim says, I think you can eat that raw. <laughs> what was he talking about? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe some sort of tuna or something. Okay. I mean, it's kind of a, you don't really see what he's looking at. Uh, now we get Jim looking at alcohol bottles, and we get Frank's lesson. On uh, appreciation of whiskey, scotch, or whatever. Uh, It's really cute. And it kind of ends with Jim going like, all right, dude. And he just kind of walks off. But it's cute how uh, Frank just starts piling up like he's getting away with something. Like, looking around him, like, I got all these great bottles of scotch. I I think that's awesome. Um, And as they're exiting... Uh, Frank leaving leaves the, his credit card. Cr- leaving the credit card. It's a, it's just a good bit of humor, and it's the lightest. It's really the lightest point in the whole thing. And we're kind of the next moving to the next scene. It's like we get it, the colors don't immediately go back to gray. We get the the fields, the flower fields, and it's yeah, like more color. Um, and and you know we, we were dealing with the harsh fluorescent lighting in the supermarket but it wasn't the same desaturated grays of the city of london right so, and uh we're at a gas tanker yeah it gets a little bit dark then but yeah frank starts sucking gas out of a tube yeah like, that's siphoning, like siphoning, it, yeah, siphoning in the siphon- gas and <laughs> the, the spitting you never you always see siphoning gas 
But the spitting of the gas out. Oh, he gets a full mouth. Oh, it. yeah. The oh. spitting of the gas out. You never really see that. And that's always stuck with me. That's as a, as a gross out book. thing in a, in a zombie movie. It's like yeah. some of the things that gross you out in zombie movies are not like, like the zombies. Ooh. You're just like. Well, well, gas is such a powerful scent. Yeah. And I, I can only imagine how it tastes. Uh, Jim starts to wander off towards this diner. And Selena tells him, we have enough food already. And he, we don't have any cheeseburgers. Where are you going? We've got enough food, Jim. We don't have any cheeseburgers. Going on holidays with your fucking aunt. I love that. I don't, I don't Your know. Irish accent sucks. <laughs> He's not Irish, is he? I just assume Murphy and the name like Killian. So Alright, so Mary wanders into the diner and finds a dead woman still holding her dead baby. That's pretty, pretty disturbing. There's bodies still dead, just dead at the table. Like... I don't, I don't really understand. Yeah, but again, he indicates, he indicates, Killian Murphy indicates that he's, he's smelling the, the stuff. Yeah. I appreciate, I appreciate it. I don't know. I just, I think, good job. I think the taunting of the zombies and this is the turn in his character is where he's starting to feel like he can take it on. He can take this on. He can live in this world. And he just goes, hello. And we get a silent drop of a little infected boy. And he starts barreling towards him. And right as uh, the kid meets Jim, he turns around and smacks him with a baseball bat, puts his foot on his chest, and this kid can't really... Mm -hmm. The kid's... I mean, he's a child. He's not as powerful as a grown man. And uh, as the bat comes down, it cuts to Jim wiping his bat off. Yeah. I mean, it's good. You don't want to see him kill a kid. No, no, and, and we don't, and and that's that's a good directorial and editor, editorial uh, choice here. But I mean, I do I do question why Jim chooses to go explore. Like, I don't really understand it. He's not naive at this point. But that's the thing is he is a little still, but he's starting to feel a little invincible. He's starting to feel like he can take this on. Like I said, this is why he he kind of explores yeah and and, may, and that does kind of seem to go with the and up until this point he hasn't and, killed anybody right and that the his well he hit yeah he hits the the priest and like he kind of moves away at the very beginning and then uh like he he apologizes for doing it basically and you know but the taunting of, of them as they had driven off out of the tunnel um we do see his character start changing here. And this is certainly the turning point of his character. I'm just not sure what caused the motivation to go off alone. Um, But it's a, it's a breaking of the lesson. Right. Yeah. Um, And and that we said we were going to see. So he, he breaks one of, one of the lessons of going off alone, unless you have no choice. He had a choice. Um, and he goes off alone, and he is confronted with with mortal peril, even in, right. in the child. And I think that may say something else too about even children. Um, you know, all 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 villains, um, you know, in the world were at one time children. You know, you kind of go even Hitler was at one point a child, and we would go, oh, well, you know, that's an innocent. Well, baby Thanos. Right. <laughs> yeah, they talk about that in, in Endgame. It's like, okay, well, we go back in time. Let's off baby Thanos. And they're like, 
fun. You, that's awful. You can't do that. It's like, but and that's but that's interesting. That that that's kind of not. There's a lot of things in this film that get touched on, but don't don't become the focal point, right? Because you know, and it and it's really it's really quite good in that way because it doesn't give you any definitive messages. It gives you a whole lot of questions and and things things to be thinking about. And we're driving again. We're off, and this movie is really a lot of scenery shots, uh, a lot of different shots of cool scenery. And now they're in some ruins. Yeah, this is where we see the the wind generators too. The yeah, beforehand. yeah, the scenery, and and because it it answers some of the questions that the viewers have, like, why do they all got electricity? Oh, okay, the wind generator is still going. Okay, but it's not. Cool. It's not like beating you over the head with it. It's just like no, no, no. It's like, it's like if if you wanted, if you did have that question, it's acknowledging that yeah, you probably may have wanted that had that question answered, and I like that. Um, but yeah, you do get a lot of uh, uh, establishing shots with the complete loneliness of the party. One thing I noticed though is the roads. They're not choked with uh, cars like you see in a lot of apocalyptic films. Yeah. Um, you know, and I'm not sure if that's. Everybody went to the airport. So. Well, and the infection's too fast. There's nowhere to go. The UK might be different from the US in that regard, in the, like in their use of cars. Because, um, I mean, in, in the US, other than like some, some cities like New York, I mean, everybody's got a car. Uh, but anyway, the. They're in some ruins. Yeah. And they're eating their food. Uh, and Frank's kind of wandered off on his own and he spots some horses mm-hmm. galloping and uh, really cool. Um, he calls everybody over, and they ask Hannah asks if she thinks they're infected. Mm. It's just well, you know, and he says no, they're doing just fine. Everybody kind of loses interest except for him, and he blows them a kiss. Yeah, um, I think the the ruins here though. Yeah, that's interesting. That do you know where this is filmed? No, not in this particular thing, but I think it's it's an interesting choice and, and certainly deliberate. Um, other than that, it's it's beautiful. Um, it makes for a beautiful scene yeah. and an interesting one. Um, but that it it kind of indicates to the the audience, you know, the the at least in partial in a partial way, the partial collapses, let's say, of societies and the structures that have come before. You know, civil civilizations collapse or they lapse at least. Um, they ebb, they flow. Um, the ruins also they, they appear medieval. So, um, and if you do study history, the Black Death it, it's not never made mention in the film. But I mean, we know that this is a pandemic, uh, and that you know the Black Death it plays played a huge part in the shaping of culture in Europe. Right. Um, so we have the the this could help you know bring up to some audience to some of the audience, you know, to question whether or not this is survivable or not. Is this something that humans can overcome as they did with the Black Death? Um, and the question kind of comes up is, is the party, is the growth of the party here beneficial or detrimental? So we, we've gone from one to three to two to four. And so we're kind of having this ebb and flow of the party who, as far as we know, is the rest of civilization. So we kind of have this idea of ebb 
and flow or, or, or waxing and waning of, of civilization of people. Uh, we get uh, a good moment between Jim and Selena who are walking and he says, I was thinking, and she kind of cuts him off and says, you were thinking you'll never hear an original piece of music. You'll never read a book that hasn't already been written or see a film that hasn't already been shot. And he says, no, that's what you were thinking. I was thinking I was wrong. What was he wrong about? All the death, all the shit doesn't really mean anything to Frank and Hannah because and she steals it. She does. She steals a little kiss on his cheek. She, yeah. she plants one right on it. And it's kind of cute. But she she's coming to, to change, too, just as Jim is getting darker. Yeah. She's getting lighter, having seen the interplay of family again. And I think that goes to the the unspoken or un, undetailed um, backstory that that she laid out previously. It really does help motivate the character because she she's had the, this horrible thing happen with her family, but she sees the father and daughter um, and and a good father-daughter relationship and it gives it gives her hope and it's almost immediate that it that it happens and you know she says i was wrong when i said being alive is as good as it gets yeah and you know i think this kind of again shows uh something about humanity and that even in the darkest places humans readily readily latch on to hope if they can even remotely justify it and it's uh frank says it's getting late and we're going to stay there for the night jim questions whether or not sleeping in the open is okay and they said whatever they kind of just say it's fine i think um and, gotta sleep somewhere right and uh they can't sleep but selena can sleep she can sleep but we learn why they, she's not she's not they wake her up it. they wake her up that's so messed up they wake her up how you go to sleep how do you get into sleep so easy and she's got she's got value but, but this comes up this becomes actually rather important which i, I appreciate this, is, this is definitely a plant for later yeah well it foreshadows and in, in which you know is always a useful thing because it establishes uh you know and, and helps us not necessarily predict what's going to happen but makes us feel that what happens is w completely reasonable mm -hmm. um and you know we learned that selena's qualified as a chemist or what we would say in America as a pharmacist. Um, so Do you think she's telling the truth? I think so. Yeah. I don't, I don't have any reason to doubt her on that because why the hell would she lie? She, she's, I don't know. Maybe she's being facetious. No, I, I think, I think she seems to know. And I think she seems to have, she will see later that she seems to have a, a, a good enough understanding of, of how drugs work. Um, but this, this. Hannah begs for, half a one because she can't sleep or no he, no uh, frank says that he she can have half of one. Oh well she begs for one because she can't right, sleep but right. frank says you can have half a one right which uh, is uh, which is a kind of a, a mercy but he's also we're seeing that he's a good father he's kind of leery of of we don't want you know to drugs be, and to be dead to the world if something happens right and so you know but this tells us a bit about selena too that you know she's she's not just you know a hardened you know individual we we see that she's also rather intelligent book smart kind of thing not just not just street smart right um i don't know if it gives us any other insight at this point um that she, other than that she knows about you know medications but that's it it's morning the fires died 
we get a weird dream sequence where Jim thinks he's alone again and Frank wakes him up and wakes thanks, him and he, says, You're, and he says, thanks dad. Do you think he's being silly coy or like he just kind of half asleep and says, thanks dad. And that's something maybe his dad used to do. I think the viewer can take it however they want to take it in that point. Um, I, I'm not one that, that is always of the opinion that there's one way to, to do it, especially since I've started writing more myself. I kind of go, well, you know, some people want to take it this way. That's good. Some people want to take it this way. That's okay too. Um, you know, it might be a facetious thing, but also I think it goes to point out that I, I'm going to gush. You've gushed enough over Brendan Gleeson, but you know. Oh, he's wonderful. He's, he's, he knocks this he's out. so good. Okay, so they're driving. I think, I think that's a problem in some ways, though, is that he is so much more likable than everybody else in the film. Yeah, especially at the end. I, um, think, I think that's an issue. But I think it's supposed to. Or could be. Well, maybe. Could I, be an we'll, issue. we'll get to the stuff later. Uh, they're in the car. They're driving, and uh, he's got Frank's got the transmission playing on the radio. Mm-hmm. And, and salvation is here. It's is one that really sticks out to yeah. the viewer. And this might be a this might be some sort of commentary on. Uh, I don't know if it's a anti-religious commentary, but it's one that you always need to be suspicious of. If anybody who's saying that they're going to save you, you know, yeah, you need for a, sure. you need to you need to be looking at it. Right. Um, they can see Manchester in the distance. It's on fire. And it's, it's exploding. You see an explosion happen in the distance. And uh, I think it's Selena says no firefighters to fight to yeah, fires. The, the visual is not particularly good. Uh, I don't, I think it, I feel like it's a CG shot. Uh, I don't know how I mean, else they would do it. And it's probably. not a particularly good shot i mean um, the, the film is so grainy and muddy in the first place that you can't really tell i mean the, i i kind of got up and to see it closer and it's i mean you there's not much you can really discern from because of the way it's yeah. filmed but it's a short thing it's a short shot and and i'm not that it's just something to throw in there since we're commenting on it. All right, and they finally come to the 42nd blockade. The car pulls up slowly, and they find these abandoned tents, like these army tents, the food, the silverware, the plates are all still there. Mm-hmm. And it looks abandoned. Uh, it's, it, Our heroes, our group, our party is uh, just... They're a little bewildered. Dev- they're devastated, and... Selena said, I don't like that. We need to go. Right. Yeah. We need yeah. to go. Han- Hannah is, is kind of taking over for the, for the group in the, in the, or for the audience rather. Cause I don't understand dad. Did they leave? You know, it's like, and, we don't know. And, and yeah, we get the, I got a bad feeling about this from Selena kind of thing. And you know, Frank doesn't want to go. He's looking, he's like, I'm trying to figure out where they're going. And then he says, we need to go. And Selena says, yeah. yeah. And he goes, go fucking where? amazing line you feel it in your gut that he is torn apart like mm-hmm. he everything he has wanted to find is not there and then we get the classic the, the mocking crow the, the, he's sulking alone the calling i mean it is mocking him it's it's perched up we can see it it's perched up onto a dead body on this sort of building fence thing gate i guess and mm-hmm. uh, he t- he tells it to get out of it 
I'm not sure if that's like a kind of term. He says it several times. Yells at you, it, you, you, and you he gets up. He gets up, pissed off, and he kicks the gate, looking up at the bird, and a drop of blood. It, we get a red filter on to be the drop of blood point of view, and it drops right into his eye. I hate this scene. Dad, are you all right? Yeah, I'm fine, sweetheart. Sorry I lost my temper. Hannah, I love you very much. What? Keep away from me. Stay where you are. Dad? Keep away from me! Dad? Keep away from me! Keep away from me! Keep away from me! Keep away! Keep away! What's wrong? Dad! An ominous, kind of dramatic music begins to swell. And this is the, uh, I think this is, to me, one of the most heart-wrenching deaths in horror movies of all time. It's, it, this is awful. Like, well, and, and I mean, say, it's great. It's, it's, uh, I think it's amazingly filmed. Oh, and everybody knocks it, they're acting out of the park, but, oh my god. I cried. I, I cried at this. I've seen this movie eight million times. I cried two nights ago when I rewatched it, and I mean, I cry at everything, at every movie, but this one, it, it sucks. I mean, yeah. it sucks watching. And I say Han- I hate Hannah's, the scene. Hannah's, but... Hannah's confused. She doesn't understand. Right. Maybe she doesn't. She's never seen somebody turn. Maybe he's protected her from that, and uh, she doesn't understand. And this, I mean, this is really Hannah's turning point, and she probably doesn't get as much characterization as I think she should get um, in the film. Uh, because this doesn't really, this doesn't really affect any of the other characters nearly as much as Hannah, and it, it's 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 really her her turning point. You know, the motivating um, factor for her character now is how does she going to get along without her protector, yeah. without her father, without all the guidance that she's ever had. Because she's been like, like you suggested, she's been spared and protected a lot from this world by Frank. Mm-hmm. So now she's not, and then that's going to definitely play a role as we continue. And uh, Selena is screaming, just screaming at Jim that he's infected, and that she needs to kill. He needs to kill him as she's, you know, holding on to Hannah, who's confused terrified has no idea what's wrong with her dad and uh just as we think jim is gonna go through with it gunshots they start flying and you know frank goes down and uh even after the body's on the ground the soldiers are saying like everybody stay away from the body everybody stay away from the body everybody's kind of in shock yeah if they'd been a minute earlier maybe frank wouldn't have turned yeah really (laughs) It's but, kinda it, it it's kinda sad that what he was seeking was there, but not not to the extent he thought and what we'll we'll see later. They arrive at the military camp. We we meet Major Henry West. Which is played by the wonderful Christopher Eccleston. Uh, a lot of people will know him from being the doctor the first doctor of the of kind the of reboot. reboot. Um also he plays uh Malekith. 
in oh uh, god don't get me started for the dark world for dark world uh no what i love him in he's in heroes and he's in um the leftovers he's plays a a, a pastor in the leftovers which is is interesting really really good okay but they get hot water clean beds and sheets and you know they they get so they get showered and um one of the things we kind of see is is comforts beyond mere survival mm-hmm. um but then we get this scene um say it's, it's all fucked I mean, what do you mean and uh so so we see jim and, and selena discussing coping versus being okay and selena's really uh visibly troubled about hannah losing her dad um and jim and selena kiss and then Selena runs from the room. It's it's kind of interesting here in this whole scene where Zelina's glimmer of hope and seeing that father-daughter relationship it, it, where we see her just slightly optimistic about something, it's immediately extinguished. Yeah. And um but it, we we see though that she's latching onto Jim too. And she's let herself become more human mm-hmm. and then by becoming more human again, she's thusly becoming more weak. And I think that's that's really scaring her. And I think that's why she runs off. And I think this is the death of Frank is the death of comedy in this movie. There's yes. A, there's the, you were saying earlier mm, that, Frank is a, that Frank is the most likable character in the entire film. But once he dies, the, this film really just descends into this dark, unsettling, uncomfortable world that these then completely i there's there's some there's a few there's a few lines actually from hannah that will i think we might see or touch on that almost seem out of place but i think it's really her being frank's daughter trying to replace her father or or live up to her father that's really good in some way yeah. So, uh, but it's, it's, it's so she's not there. And, and we're, we also know that, that, you know, she's, she's not in her right mind either. Um, but we, Jim, we see, Jim's going to get a tour of the compound, right? Jim gets this tour of the compound. He's talking to major West and um, he says, you know, that they haven't the answer to infection, but it may not be what they thought. And that in itself is letting us know that, okay, yeah, their answer to infection. What's how bad is it? Mailer, so we know the fires in Manchester have driven the infected out of the city and into the countryside, and, and we know that the countryside, according to uh, Major West, is teeming with them. So we know that that everywhere outside of the compound is immediately dangerous. Um, but he he assures Jim that they're all quite safe there, and. Uh, he describes their defenses and the, the fences, the tripwires, the landmines, and he shows them the kitchen. And then we see uh, the soldier uh, Jones, who is acting as a cook. And then, yes, we meet Mailer. And lastly, meet Mailer. <coughs> Mailer? Jim. <coughs> Jim. Mailer. <coughs> Got infected two days ago. Mitchell managed to knock him out cold and we got a chain round his neck. Keeping him alive. 
The idea was to learn something about infection. Have him teach me. And has he? In a way. The soldier who's infected and chained in by the neck. Yeah, I mean, he. It, it's. It is. It's grotesque, but the the idea that they're they're learning, they're trying to learn something about the infected, um, how long they, um, you know, how long they they last, um, and kind of tells them if they will ever, if they'll be able to outlast them, um, like if they if they can starve them out, basically. Um, Oh, so, the puking is gross. Yeah, the vomiting. That might be the most realistic looking vomit. I'm like, uh, yeah, it does. But it's does also look really it, it's also bloody and chunky. Like, ugh. yeah, it's it's pretty it's pretty rough. But then we get the the dinner scene, and um, this one is oh, it, this is really the the contrast um, because we already have those, this bad ominous feeling about these guys which we probably should this scene is so um, uncomfortable um and in it's it's such a it's in such contrast to the, to the scene where they over the creme de menthe with frank and when they meet frank and hannah yeah um but the major comes to the table in, in like it's not like a full dress uniform but he comes wearing a tie um but right. and and then it tastes the eggs and the eggs are off like oh, the way he drops them eh, out like, of his mouth is it's hilarious. It's just like it's just gross. Um, but it's just some. It's not just the eggs that are off. It's something else feels off too. I mean, it's so the dialogue and the the actions that they're they're telling us um, in a, in a subtle way that this is wrong. But we get the we get Sergeant Farrell, um, and oh. I really like him. Uh, he's He's kind of discussing humanity. He he waxes philosophical. Yeah. He discusses humanity humanity in this clinical scientific concept that's almost like, you know, humanity's only been around for the blink of an eye. If the virus wipes us all out, it'll be a return to normality. Uh, and the others the, the others chide him and and uh, call him their spiritual new age guru, which is really the opposite of what he is. And it, it seems kind of nihilistic in his his you know in some sort of is, philosophical nihilism. Is he the one, Sergeant Farrell? Is he the guy who gives the whole as far back as you can remember, people killing people? Or is that, no, that's, that's the major. That's actually, major. yeah, the major is he's almost, said, he's because he sees it differently. He's actually the contrast of of Sergeant Farrell because he sees all of this as normal. He says four weeks since the infection, people are killing people. Four weeks before the infection, people were killing people. Um, and then, you know, the, the, the dinner party's interrupted as the alarm is raised, as the infected attack the compound and our party watches on. Um, and we kind of have the, the, we really see here in the, this battle scene where they're, they're shooting, um, you know, with their, their automatic weapons, you know, the, the attacking infected and that we have this scene that really reminds me of star wars a little bit because i fucking got one you know and one they, what songs. you want a sweet <laughs> yeah i love so, british slang so much um and so um but really right after this uh because so we, we it, it kind of gives us a little bit of goodwill to to the soldiers oh yeah they, they're quite capable 
but this really establishes how dangerous they really are. Mm -hmm. um, and we move directly into one of the soldiers, and this is uh, Mitchell, who becomes one of our main issues. He's making these un very unwanted and uh, sexual advances to Selena in front of everyone, yeah. and takes her machete and like holds it like it's his penis. And Jim <laughs> Jim intervenes, and he gets put on the ground for it. Um, and then we see Sergeant uh, Farrell stepping in and he puts Mitchell down and then Major West comes in and sends everyone off. But strangely, he gives Farrell the worst job of clearing the bodies off the lawn, though he returns the machete. And this... But he does send people, everybody else with Sergeant Farrell. Yeah, he does send, he does send others, but he sends Farrell first and then it's like, you two go with him. You know, but it's like, to me though... West, uh, West coming in to break it all up is whatever, but the but Major West, he's this lets us know that he's kind of got a moral compass. No, it's really that he's 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 got a pragmatism of keeping the peace, but to me, it's he's he seems to side more with Mitchell. Like this lets us give a hint of. Yeah, he doesn't really care that what Farrell wants is no, more I'm morally about, noble. No, no, I'm talking about Sergeant Farrell is sort of the moral compass oh, of the oh, soldiers. Oh, yes. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm he's sorry. their moral compass. I thought you were talking about uh, no, the no. Major. No, the Major is is uh, got, well, got the problems. Ma we find out the Major uh, has his motivations for finding them, you know. But but this this next scene, though, where, where Major West takes Jim... Yeah, and and you know, asking who have you killed? You wouldn't be alive right now if you if you hadn't killed someone. And he says, a boy, child, yes. And you know, the major's like, you had to it's survival. And the major goes on. He, yeah. So this is the reveal. He lets them know. He lets Jim know what what why they're here and why he's he's welcomed them. Is I promised them women. What do nine men do with themselves? And he goes on because women mean future, um, and so it's this is the turn of oh, God. okay. So this is our these are our real villains, and it's not necessary. It's one we could have seen coming, but it's not necessarily what we saw coming. Um, but yeah, it really that's, that's a zombie trope. Oh yeah, it's for sure the realization that the zombies aren't the real monsters. Uh, humanity is well, and and. Yeah, the, the whole genre is always talking about the baseness of humanity. Um, but it speaks to some of the other base human natures that Selena brought up before about fucking and falling in love. Right. Um, the, the soldier's base need for immediate survival has been met, but Major West tells Jim that one of his soldiers was ready to commit suicide because he saw no future. So it brings a really important thematic point to the front, as to how hope is integral to the human experience and survival. So just living is not sustainable, which is something Selena's already coming to accept. But just living is merely prolonging death. But then again, you can argue, isn't that what living is anyway? You know, death is inevitable. But, is, you know, and you can ask, is the film pointing to any hope beyond death? And there are hints at the opening that maybe say no, like the dead packing a church and the priest being infected. But, you know, we can, the, the idea, and I've brought this up before is the scene is, or, or the movie is addressing 
questions, not always giving us answers to those questions. And I think that's one reason why the movie is so good. But back to the scene. Jim runs through the compound screaming for Selena and Hannah and that they need to get out of here, taking no consideration that he's up against 10 men all armed and trained to kill. And this is one of those where I'm going like, oh my goodness, Jim, shut up. Um, it's, it's like the hello uh, that we, we see yeah. now at the beginning. He's just like, I'm going to be as loud as I possibly can and draw all the attention of potential enemies all without even thinking about it. Um, and he's quickly knocked out with the butt of a rifle and wakes up either minutes or seconds later to the men arguing at gunpoint about what they're going to do next. And it looks like Sergeant Farrell is the one dissenting voice about letting Jim, Selena, and Hannah go. Yeah, so there's um, nine soldiers total, or nine soldiers including ma the major. Uh, I think I think it was nine. I think the major referred to nine, so I was including him in in the yeah. number of enemies. I don't remember right off the bat, uh, but, but he he says nine. But yeah, so eight versus one here. Right, Sergeant Farrell yeah. versus the rest, and and it doesn't it doesn't seem like that from Jim's perspective at first, but yeah, it quickly becomes that, and uh, the other soldiers gang up on Sergeant Farrell, and we cut to Jim in an overhead shot that better establishes kind of the room and the layout. So one of those uh, Dutch angle shots, I think, um, and, and then we get the perspective shot from Jim as Major West stands over him. He tells Jim, "You can be with us," implying, of course, that to not be with them is to be against them but I can't let them go, referring to Selena and Hannah. He just doesn't answer quick enough. Right. He doesn't say anything. But Jim is left with the existential zombie movie choice. Do that which is moral, or do that which, let, which lets you survive. And he doesn't He doesn't choose anything the major chooses for him. <laughs> right. Yeah. So he says, you know, this which is the right choice to make, and Jim's just paralyzed. But since he doesn't join immediately, Major West gives the order him too. Uh, and so... This really addresses one of the things the movie does a little bit better than, than some of the other zombie movies dealing with the quickness of the virus's effects and quick nature of the zombies is there's no agonizing over decisions and dilemmas. You choose immediately or you die and you choose correctly or you die. All right. And so the next scene, uh, we have Jim shackled to a radiator. And then this is another movie trope. Um, are these things really that sturdy that they make such good and convenient anchors? Well, I think you don't want to pull a radiator out, even if you are strapped to it, if it's active, right? Like you could, could gas leak or cause some sort of, I don't know how radiators work. We don't really have radiators anymore, but yeah, I don't I, think you, I, I don't know. I don't think it's something you want to destroy at, like to, to save yourself from, but I mean, if, it, it, if you're otherwise going to die, I think you wouldn't mind. But right. um, I don't know. I don't know. I've never tried to rip one out, but maybe maybe someday I'll get an opportunity to see if it's any good or not. But it's a movie trope yeah, um, to sure. be chained to a radiator. But we really, uh, Jim fades into, like, because we're still Jim's perspective in this, in this particular shot. We fade into audio of Sergeant Farrell ranting about the failed morality of Major West and the soldiers. Um, hit home by the point of, restarting the world when the rest of the fucking world hasn't even stopped. And this is the first time we've ever even gotten this clue, but it brings up a lot. It brings up a lot of, of points all at once. Um, but they've quarantined us. That's the one that really sets. Yeah. This, out. this whole thing is, is like, 
um, he, he's it, it really though it's bringing up the the idea of of a human condition when we experience trauma we can think very insularly like um, and 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 just revert to emotions about you know it's it, it, we just think in a set, very selfish way and it speaks to the rational and emotionally charged behavior that we kind of experience logically they should all know that the the virus isn't a world pandemic but their their quote unquote world is devastated they act like it is the end of the world even though they're yeah they should know better um and and i think sergeant farrell is is really good here um and and he says think actually think about it he's just begging for some rational thought um and and that's really one of the things of uh we it's one of the things about humans that does make us better and different from the animals is that we have the ability to think rationally. And he ends with saying, you know, the whole of Great Britain must be quarantined. And that Major West is insane. Yeah. Um, this is a really cool scene, but a lot of what he's saying, if you don't have subtitles on, you're not going to understand what he's saying. It's quiet. It's it's almost like it's kind of a takes a backseat. Right. Yeah. Well, I think I think that's just um, part of, of Boyle's filmmaking in, in that there, there's a lot of subtlety. Yeah, it is. So. Um, now we are, I think, going to the execution scene. Yeah. For what? Why they sent the dope? He is the dopey of the soldiers. The the cook. Oh, Jones. Oh, yeah. They yeah. sent dopey and Mitchell. Grumpy. Yeah, grumpy. <laughs> Uh, to do the execution. Um, yeah. So, so Mitchell and Jones, they come in and they, they take Jim and Farrell to the woods. What we assume is also a trope. execution. Oh yeah. The, 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 take them take to them the out. woods to kill them. Right. Well, it's like, okay, but, but this is all about the dehumanizing. What do you do with it? What do you do with a dog when you got to pull it, put it down? You take it to the woods or, or, or behind the shed or to the woods or whatever. And, yeah. and that's what you do. And we see this and this is Jim when, uh, or I'm sorry, this is Mitchell he's dehumanizing everybody around him. And so when Jim falls and he puts it, uh, Jim falls and Mitchell puts his boot on his neck and he and talks about how he's going to make the black one squeal. And I think the word choice here is very important and, and it goes to the dehumanizing. It's not black woman. It's not woman. It's, and, and, and squeal is something pigs do. Mitchell is not interested in continuing mankind he's not he's not doing the the repopulating or restarting the world thing um he's selfish he's yeah he's just simply meeting a base animalistic need desire yeah right and and in some ways we have someone in mitchell who is really worse than the infected and just like you mentioned you know we have our real enemy here the real enemy is us and just as but Mitchell is also just as much of a, a product of the virus as the infected are. Right. Um, so, and, and Mitchell and Farrell are really total foils for one another. They're complete opposites. And it, but it doesn't matter if you're directly infected with the rage virus and lose your humanity. You can lose your humanity anyway, or you can try to keep your humanity and die from it. Like, like we see 
with Sergeant Farrell. Um, Jim gets away, though. True, true. But we, we really have this... And we see even that they, they're ready to take the humanity from Selena and Hannah by turning them into sex slaves. Yeah. Um, th this is... But not even just sex slaves. They want them to be their... Uh, their breeding tools well mitchell doesn't necessarily but i think i think major west is is of the restarting the world thing right because he's he's lost it in that in that way but it it's really a hard thing to deal with because it really uh makes us have to discuss at a philosophical and even religious level of what it means to be a human and why and so uh dopey uh i forget jones doesn't like what Mitchell's doing. He kill. He shoots. Uh, he shoots Farrell. Right. And because uh, Mitchell Mitchell's gonna stick Farrell like with a bayonet. Right. Yeah. So and, he and he like, he kills Jones. Pulls the trigger and he kills Farrell. And uh, it Mitchell freaks out and starts attacking, coming at Jones. And while that happens, Jim gets away. He right. climbs the fence. And he, but I think he takes his shirt off purposefully and throws it. Mm-hmm. He doesn't actually find the fence. He, he throws it on the barbed yeah. wire and then poses as a dead in, yeah, in the piles of the dead people, which this is not the first time that they've brought people out to the woods to kill people. No, no, we see the, we, the there, there are tons of dead, of, tons of dead people. Piles of dead bodies where Jim decides to hide, you know, right? Ignoring and, the smell. Uh, yeah, but that's okay because you're, 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 <laughs> you're yeah, sucking you're trying, it up. And, yeah. and, but I've done that to you and, and our, our older brother uh, when running away from you guys. I opened a window and, and hid in the closet. All right. It's a, it's a, you know, that false lead sort of thing. And I think it's rather clever he, here. It, it's showing that Jim's kind of smartening up. Right. And, and it's not, it's not a overly complex plan, but it works. But the, uh, but, Jones and Mitchell, the soldiers, they they leave, kind of presuming he's as good as dead anyway. Right. And but now we you know we have the dramatic irony of ah oh, well you know we know that Jim's the protagonist and he's not as good as dead yet. Mm -hmm. uh, but it is a zombie film, so we know that you know every everybody could potentially die. And then this is where Jim's descent into this sort of morally gray. Uh, character starts in this music the this is the 28 days later sound music soundtrack song that starts to build and build and build and build and build as this whole thing starts going down this is this is this last act of jim's arc is a a descent into madness and they almost frame it they almost frame it like he is infected He's yeah, lurking in the windows. We see that. Well, we could still see his eyes. We know he's not. But but here's the reason why though, and because because you, he runs through the forest first. Like mm -hmm. we see him running through the forest. You know, he's shirtless. Um, his hands are bound, and then he falls, and then he looks up at the sky, and he sees a jet. And we know that the world beyond Britain. Is still okay. That yes. Sergeant Farrell was right. Yeah, I, I do. What this this plane for me as a viewer has always represented hope. Like this is this is hope. This is, and he. Re, I think this is the the point where Jim goes. I'm gonna get the my friends out. Right. I'm gonna you know I'm gonna do whatever it takes to get what I care about. But save a, what I care about, you know. But as a narrative structure, 
what it also does for us is it raises the stakes because what we know now is that if they live, they have a, a chance at some sort of life that that they had before. All right, so we then cut back to Major West. And he says, now the first thing we're going to do is make you look more presentable. And this is really uh, ominous and unsettling. And the soldiers are preparing wardrobes for Selena and Hannah, their new soon-to-be sex slaves. This is... This happens a lot in movies. They have... I don't watch a lot of movies that have it. Well, okay, I'm thinking of Indiana Jones and uh, the first one, uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Mm. Belloc has a dress for Marion to dress her up in. And then the other guy at the end, the the guy who owns the ship, has a nightgown for her to wear. Hmm. I feel like... I don't know. I, maybe may, I don't know. Maybe it's, it's, it's but it's, it's this is tropey. a real. It, this it is, is kind of tropey, but it's played to be way more this sadistic, is more than, dark than that. Um, more dark than just creepy. This is beyond that, and this it's it's uncomfortable to watch. And I was kind of going like, okay, like I don't, I couldn't remember how bad it gets. Um, but what's interesting though is as they go, they take the the soldiers take. The women inside and make sure in the camera lingers on major west as he kind of steps away and he looks uncomfortable with it i think that's that's Telling. kind of interesting yeah and then we cut inside and they are stripping a strongly resisting selena of her shirt to quote just try on dresses and then um but this is, is very violently happening and hannah's kind of being held in in a corner um and then she suddenly kisses one of the men and like it's very uncomfortable and he doesn't really understand what's going on either and then she requests that she be left alone with hannah and the soldier unsure kind of hems but selena insists that they'll put on dresses if they leave she says something i i kind of picked out as a a pointed thing and it's just polite and um you know politeness to me is one of those human virtues that's you know it's generally been dispensed with in this whole thing um but it, it makes appearances from time to time but it's it's like the bare minimum of human decency mm-hmm. um and and what's interesting though is is that they she requests it and gives it um so no she requests it and gets it. Uh, yeah gets it i'm sorry yeah uh so we we kind of see that the soldiers really haven't lost their humanity um and they've but they've, they've reverted to their base instincts in some cases, but, you know, minimum human, human decency isn't beyond them either. So If it were Mitchell, it would have been a different story. Absolutely, I think so. But in some ways, they're worse than the infected because they have a choice to perpetrate evil or not, and they choose to do so. And the counterpoint, of course, is Sergeant Farrell, who is now, of course, dead. Um, and, you know... He had, he had the same choice to make, and he chose to stand for the better moral virtue, and he died for it. And it kind of reminds me of, of Ned Stark in uh, Game of Thrones or Song of Ice and Fire. Yep. And he's the only truly noble guy in the tale, and he gets killed for it pretty darn quickly in the first book. Um, and it sets kind of into motion this whole thing. But, you know, and I'm not Spoilers. sure. Spoilers. Really? <laughs> I'm not sure that it's, a, it's uh, necessarily a... a 
message, a positive message, but I think it could be a realistic one. Um, and it's something at least that's uh, perceived to be true. Um, and it's certainly something I think we're going to probably explore in, in future podcasts about, you know, choosing to do what's right, even though it's hard um, and, and what it gets you for doing it. Um, so now Selena uh, gets the room to herself with Hannah and she immediately wants Hannah to take these drugs. Uh, she says, uh, are you trying to kill me? Hannah asks, are you trying to kill me? Very solemnly. She's very quiet, very, uh, she's almost like she's okay with it. And she says, no, I'm trying to make you not care. And this is one of the reasons I think that, that Celine is absolutely completely honest with being a chemist. Okay. I, I, uh, I'm on board. Um, and then of course those Selena and Hannah are interrupted by the soldier. Uh, I think, I think it's Jones again. Um, I, I can't remember which soldier it is at this point. Uh, and, but, uh, Hannah has taken some of the pills. And so we're interrupted though, by the well, air the, raid. The, sol the soldier just kind of throws them on the ground, but then the air raid happens and they run out. So oh, the soldier, okay. I mean, the pills are all just on the ground. She just pick it up all. The okay. Um, and then, of course, though, when we get a cut outside, it's raining. It hadn't rained in 10 days. Yeah. 11, 12 maybe now, but now but it's raining. This it's kind of... It's not just raining, it's pouring. It's a it's a, it's a a kind of a cliche thing. But I think it, it's but, intentional. It's definitely like... Well, it's our climax. So it, it, it indicates to the audience that we're coming up on the end game here. This is the climax. This is going to be the climactic battle to see what happens. And one of the things I like here, though, is Jones uh, the, is actually fesses up to Major West that they thought Jim would be dead. Because they all immediately go, uh, well, Selena says Jim. Like, right. They all yeah. immediately know that it's Jim that the alarm is, is for. And we cut to Jim who's cranking the siren by himself in the rain. And for some reason, I really imagined a guard would be doing this job, that there's like one or more of the soldiers on the perimeter. And then... But we see Major West go into the back of the Jeep. So, like, maybe Jim's not at the perimeter. I don't, I'm, I'm a little confused about the setup here. Um, but I think it's it's interesting. But it's all... The soldiers get it, too. They all act quickly. and Because it, it's act quick or die. And the, it's kind of a rule, an unspoken rule in the world. Or maybe it's spoken in some ways uh, by Selena. You know, when you, you have just a heartbeat. You know, you act quickly or you die. Um, but this is, this is, you know, setting up for the, the, the climactic battle. This um, is a sweet action set piece. It's not your normal sort of thing, but I think the entire film, Jim has been on the run from these things. He's been the prey. He's been the naive, you know, sort of person. And now he is the predator. It's his turn to rage. It, yeah. He he is the predator here, and uh, he shoots the he kills one of the guards, I think, and then he takes the gun mm -hmm. and he shoots the chain that is uh, holding Mailer. Well, th th that's that's a little bit ahead. Oh, sorry. Because because they're back, they look like they're back in the city in Manchester, um, and kind of the the idea is like he's he's using the infected to to fight back. Um, so he's using, but it, it kind of goes to the idea of he's using rage. Mm. He's using his own rage, but he's also using the rage virus 
to fight back. And um, I'm not sure like how Jim all of a sudden gets so well versed to kill all these trained soldiers, but I, I guess the idea is he's using rage, but he also like disables the Jeep um, as you know. And so I'm not really sure that this was built up as his career as a bike courier, but um, I'm, I'm okay with it because of, of what it, his character is, is changing. But um, is there something else going on that, that maybe we, we, I, uh, we missed in the foreshadowing? I'm not sure. I, I mean, people are smart. Uh, I, I don't think Jim's stupid, um, but I think he can figure out how to do some of these things. If I, I don't know anything about cars, but if I go in and I yank some wires on the battery and, you know, yank some other wires under the hood, it ain't going to work. It okay. certainly ain't going to start. Okay. Um, I wouldn't know to wind the alarm, though, for sure. No, and, and I, I think, you know, Major West is is... He's blundered into this trap, but I'm a little, I don't know really why he goes out there at all. If Jim is so far out, then is he really that much of a threat? But I'm, I'm at this point, I'm so invested in the story that I'm just going to go with it. Oh, for sure. Um, and then, you know, we get some shots of, of the naked infected attacking the Jeep and Major West is, you know, he shoots three of them and managed to escape to, to the trees on foot. Um, and we see here, he's, he's completely abandoning his men that went with him. I know. Yeah. I don't know that he knows that they're dead yet. And I don't really, I'm not entirely sure how many men went with him, but we kind of see that this is an officer who runs from the field of battle. And I mean, that's a bit of a, that's a bit of a thing of cowardice, not only just running from the field of battle, but running from a field of battle, leaving his men. And so that also kind of gives us some of the Major West's characterization of, um, you he's know, he's not, he's not what what we want thought. in a human being. But he's not what we thought. We thought no. he was going to be this hard-nosed leader, um, but he's not. He's a coward. Right. And now we get to that scene that you you mentioned. We get, get to Hannah and Selena in red dresses on the couch. And we're going to get a lot of fast cuts here. Are they both in red dresses or one in red, one in white, one in red, one in black? I don't know. I, I think they're both in red, but they're both in, they're both, they've both been dressed up in these wardrobes for the soldiers. Um, and Jim's outside with the gun and he shoots the chain that's holding the infected soldier. And of course it's raining with a thunderstorm. So it kind of covers some of the, the sound. So it's a good plot uh, device here too, with the, the setting. And so this is the, the infected soldier Mailer, and he's set free inside the compound. And the soldiers, uh, Jones being one of them, discusses whether or not they heard something and goes to check it out. Hannah, feeling the effects of the drugs that she's uh, she's been given, kind of questions one of the remaining guards. This is um, Hannah here for the for the remainder of the film until for the remainder of the film she's she's high she's high yeah, yeah for sure she's high um it's kind of funny but kind of depressing right but for it, a girl it, of her age to be like that but what it does is it actually gives a plot device for this girl who's been completely quiet for most of the film who has been who's grieving in this act of the film at the loss of of her father frank um she says <laughs> they've been gone a long time what are you going to do if they don't come back uh, would you be the officer if Henry is dead? So Henry's Major West. Um, <laughs> yeah, so the like soldier this. tells her to shut up. And she's 
she says they're dead and you're gonna be next and it's like what this she's just in another she's just in another world right and so and this is this is a good uh frightening jump scare uh with mailer at the window he punches through and attacks one of the guards selena and hannah get up to run but hannah has now become a liability slowing selena down because of the drugs selena gave her but it connects back to the conversation that she and jim had when they first met frank and hannah so will selena leave hannah to survive it's it's one of those things of uh, you know it shows a lot of selena's growth here yeah mailer by the way we're gonna cut back to the the scene with mailer at the window he's that's nightmare fuel for sure for me like he looks terrifying and i'll the way danny boyle films all his jump scares is like here it is boom and it 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 takes you it takes you off guard because you're like that's terrifying to look at and then now it's terrifying to your ears because it's so damn loud oh yeah plays with the volume and i I think that's a good that's a good decision yeah for sure but it's like it's not a jump scare that you're not prepared for no it's it's you're like oh that's something scary but it's silent that's weird and then it it then it jump scares you you're like i know what it is already i think for most of the things i think uh as a filmmaker danny boyle does a good job here in preparing the viewer for whatever is happening there's a few times where i'm not i don't have a full understanding of of the actions of the characters but that's actually realistic but for some of these things i kind of feel like um you know we we have the the proper amount of foreshadowing we understand why things are happening after they've happened we kind of go oh okay not that we could predict them they're not it's not so telegraphed as that mm-hmm. but it's it's definitely good anyway we're going to cut back to selena and hannah and attempting to leave uh and they run into mitchell and and another uh i think an unnamed soldier at this point and then we see uh i think it's jones being chased across the, <laughs> this is kind of funny. this is it's, this is a little a, bit of humor it's almost cartoonish um because he's he's running they're full tilt running and so <laughs> Uh, Mitchell sends the other soldier after them and orders uh, Selena and Hannah back into the house. And then we cut to Jim looking in uh, a window where Mailer is. And you're Mailer, to, you're definitely starting to question his sanity. Oh yeah, Jim is Jim has gone dark here. Um, dark Jim. <laughs> and Mailer looks confused. He's 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 infected. You know, he's running to and fro. But um, Jones is hiding in the cupboard and the pursuing soldier that who was just with Mitchell comes in and they get jumped uh, by the other infected because the, the 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 soldier who was previously guarding them uh, with Jones has also turned and so stuff is really happening very quickly here and it, it's really showing the chaos of this climax but we know that this is how the virus spreads and that it is so quick and so fast right. and uh, there's no there's no in between, and and it, but it, it it's one of those things of also it kind of makes you go well they're not really into the the idea of eating the other are they really is the infection all about infecting normal human beings and then getting up and going and going to infect others I mean it's it's almost uh, representative of ideas political ideas and political leanings and. It, you know, just and 
that or religions like they the idea of all these things is to get everybody on the, the same page that you are and, and it goes a lot to an environment like what how does he how does human nature change based on the environment that it's in for sure um but to to the scene there's a lot of quick cuts here hannah's running down the hallway the um we have jones hiding or leaving the cupboard and he runs directly into jim who sticks him with a bayonet and what's he just weird leaves here, it there he leaves it there but but the thing is is jim looks like he enjoys it oh yes killian murphy absolutely knocks this scene out of the park he plays the crazed dark dark jim so well and and what's funny maybe ironic i guess is that jones is he's the soldier who killed Farrell. um but he wouldn't stick him like a dog um and so what is this saying really about jim is that jones was was he was willing to kill but he wasn't willing to kill with the bayonet he wasn't willing to kill another human being with a bayonet because yeah. it was just it was not necessary to do so um and i really i don't feel good about jones's death here even though i don't like him he's an evil person who's fallen to this but i don't feel like he would be evil outside of this environment no I mean, we see but jim yeah yeah you don't feel good about what jim has done he almost humanless now uh he's he's kind of his humanity is kind of slipping away from him for right. sure and so jim goes to rescue the women while major west makes it back to the compound and jim um or jones rather you know has this moment with major west and he says sorry and west just tells him shouldn't holds his hand while he dies and so you know you get this idea of maybe they haven't really fully lost their humanity after all even though you hate these characters because of what they're doing yeah um and it really it really goes into play with um how humans behave when confronted with existential existential crisis that they you know their very existence is threatened how they can do horrible things and we have more rapid cuts um hannah looks at a picture of her family jim runs upstairs the infected are pursuing hannah hides and we have this thin mirror separating them. i love this mm -hmm. because you always wonder what these monsters what these zombies would do if they saw themselves in a mirror well i don't know that you always think about that but when you see the scene you're like huh and it, it is curious right it, it doesn't know whether to attack or not and eventually it, it runs away but yeah. it's uh definitely nerve-wracking for the character of hannah as she's literally holding on to this upright mirror uh, from the back side of it and this this uh, zombies on the other side staring at itself. I think it's symbolic too. I mean, the idea of, you know, it, I think it, it's maybe the, the writer saying, look at what you've become. Well, look at what you can become. And she's a child. Right. And we're, There's we're an innocence to, level here. Yeah, and we're going, I'm going to go back and, you know, I'm going to talk about it probably in my final thoughts, but... This is uh, definitely Hannah's representative of the innocent child that is inherited this earth. Sure. All right, so we cut back to Jim, who is making more noise again. And he moves a bed to barricade himself uh, into a room, and it reveals a soldier who's under the bed and out of ammo. I'm out of bullets! <laughs> I'm out of bullets! 
the uh, the infected break in. They take the soldier as Jim escapes out the window, and we're ready to have the showdown. Selena held captive by Mitchell. Uh, Jim gets the drop on them and is a total beast and bash- bashing Mitchell's head in the wall and gouging his eyes. This is a really kind of uncomfortable <sighs> scene. Like I've had like an a, a corn what they call a corneal abrasion when you scrape oh, your sure. eye. Like eye pain is just one of those things. And like, but Jim's face, he looks so calm when he does this. Yeah. And it's, it's, he's like completely that, that whole compassionate guy we knew and came to love and identify with, he's gone. Now later, like, you know, I I have the question of can eye gouging kill someone like this? Like, I really don't know, but. I, you know, might be one of those things of where you would prefer well, your to eyes be dead. Lead to your brain, so I guess. Uh, you put your... I mean, your skull's protecting you, but I really don't know. Like, yeah. It, but, I'll, again, you buy it because oh. of of how well it's acted. But this is the this is the point of Selena thinks Jim is infected. Yeah, and yeah. this is so good. <laughs> really good but Kelly Murphy's eye acting is really good and mm -hmm. I always thought that he would break out more he's been in really big films like Inception and uh, the Dark Knight trilogy but his acting here is on point right and you know so she thinks he's he's infected because he really is an acting rage and he's covered I mean he's covered in blood Um, but He's enacting rage, mm-hmm. but his is a real human rage, not the inhuman rage. But what's so good here is that she goes to hack him with her machete mm-hmm. and she hesitates. She's sparing him. But the thing is, is she hesitates. This is so out of character for her. It's not just that. Well, I mean, we've seen her character shifting, but the thing is, is that this whole pattern of quick decisions, you know, that have to be made that inevitably result in death. She breaks it. Mm-hmm. because she has become such a different character. She's come to love. She's come back to um, a more compassionate humanity. And so we see now there's room for hesitation, for doubt, and, and kind of like the idea that to doubt is to be human. And Jim highlights this. He says that was longer than a heartbeat. Mm-hmm. And so they're close now, and he still, Jim looks every bit, as frightening as Mailer did, except maybe his face, and because it's softened, yeah. And she realizes it's him. They kiss. He tells her it's not all fucked. 
but she seems to misunderstand him and tells him to shut up. And I think the implication is that she thinks he's declaring like his love, he loves her and, uh, and like that makes things not all fucked. But we know from the beginning that uh, she's not really all about that, but Jim's really talking about seeing the plane. Yeah. He's talking, he's talking about the rest of the world. Yeah. So then Hannah comes in and clocks Jim in the head with a pot. <laughs> so uh, she thinks he's infected too. Well, she thinks he's biting him, right? Yeah, yeah. So, um, and then yeah, Jim's like, "Are you stoned?" And then they hear the roar of one of the infected uh, echo through the house. Yeah. Uh, so what do you? This this point in the movie is kind of like I I took this as going, oh well, yeah, I I took Mitchell as being the arch enemy. Because I saw him as the, the lowest degradation of, of humanity. Right. But, you know, this isn't the the last showdown. So... You got uh, the Major. The Major's still not infected. Right. And so, kind of like, we see that... But now they all know that the stakes isn't aren't just their lives, but it's that they have a potential for that normal life elsewhere. Because now they all know... All, all the all our protagonists, you know, yeah. our, our good guys, they know that our our, our good guys in quotation marks. I mean, right. Jim's just went through a killing spree, but but he's killing bad guys. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I, I think I think to kill is you know he's not killing without need, right? But we we and maybe he's he taking killed... more joy in it. All right, but we still we see. Uh, they run for they make a run for the cab, right? right. And uh, the major's in the back seat, uh, alive, and uh, the killing has affected somebody. He says, "You killed all my boys." Yeah, and uh, I see you say you uh, you kind of forgot about him. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, even though we saw him come in, because he's a coward, he ran away from all the action. Right. Yeah, uh, and uh, he shoots Jim. Yeah. I, he does it so devilishly, like calmly, right? Mm -hmm. he, he doesn't hesitate at all. He just shoots him. Yeah. Um, Hannah's a badass in this sequence while stoned. Yeah. Uh, this is kind of silly, but they needed some uh, something to get rid of them. I think they, they just kind of went for it. She peels out. She spins the car around into the, the gate, the entrance of the compound. And he's like, what are you doing? Kind of thing. And uh, some infected bum rush run into the back of the taxi cab and bust the window out and pull the major uh, out. Yeah, I feel like it was a little contrived there, but I'm okay. Like, It makes for a cool sequence. It's, it does, it's pretty it is, cinematic. It's cool. And the other thing is, is that at this point, I'm bought in and it's not crazy enough that, that it totally... It doesn't like totally lift me out. It doesn't really, you know, I'm going like, all right, I'm, I'm suspending my disbelief because I'm, I, you can do more because I'm more bought into these characters. And other thing is that I thought it was done. I forgot about the major and then, you know, maybe not everybody does that. Maybe you're not supposed to because you do see the major come in. Um, but he's not the, he's not the lowest form of, of humanity. So mm -hmm. it's not really about that. It's about just, Maybe it's about regular bad people. Right. So then uh, they're driving and they come to these like heavily chained gates. And Jim says, just fucking do it. And they all buckle up and they ram the gate. And there's a weird 
freeze frame. Yeah, that, this is the weirdest part to me. I didn't hate it. I actually kind of liked it. Uh, I've always kind of thought it was weird. Even when I was a kid, I was like, this is weird. But it, And even rewatching it, I'm like, eh, this is weird. But I'm not a I'm not a director. I'm not involved in making movies, so I don't really know. But you don't really see it very often. No, no, you don't. But then you you we kind of fade out and we get the twenty eight more days later. Well, it doesn't say that. It says twenty eight days later. Yeah. But yeah, it, and I think that's careful. But we we get quick cuts of uh, like Selena doing administering medication and CPR on Jim in the hospital. I guess this is further evidence that she is a pharmacist. You do have to know these things. Yeah, and, and so it, it kind of goes to, it, it's kind of like why you have a nurse in, in a lot of these stories um, where you because it's like, you really need someone who understands medicine because it's going to probably come into play mm -hmm. so that we can have, have raised stakes because we know that Jim's been shot and how is they going to survive? And then we cut to Jim waking up with longer hair, indicating that passage of time. Mm -hmm. Selena's sewing. Hannah is cut to outside. She's dragging large sheets of cloth on the ground. And then we hear the fighter overhead. Yeah, the, one of the during those quick cuts between doing CPR and stuff, we see the word hell. We see I the word, it. it's like yeah. real quick, we see the word hell spelled out on a lawn, and uh, I mean, we're going to come back to it, but uh, yeah, we hear that jet overhead. And um, Jim and, and Selena, like, Jim gets up, uh, but, but with the, sorry, with the fighter jet overhead, we see the emaciated and dying infected, and this lets us see that this passage of time has only, again, been 28 days, and... They, they, they aren't moving. They aren't moving fast. They're not fast zombies anymore. They are not moving very much at all. Mm -hmm. And um, But then we cut back to, to Jim coming downstairs, and we have a brief moment uh, with Selena. And, and it kind of it shows us that Jim hasn't spent another 28 days in a coma, uh, which is nice because right. that would have that been like, okay, really? But um, And Hannah kind of rushes in and says, it's coming. And they rush out with the cloth that Selena was working on, and they immediately cut back to this fighter jet view. And we finally see the message is simply, hello, in giant cloth sheets. I absolutely love it. Jim says the word hello how many times before yeah. he says anything else? Yeah. Like 12 times before he's yelling it, he's saying it lightly. I mean, that's quintessential part of his character is just kind of saying uh like is anyone there yeah and and i think the the thing about hello you know and and it's it's one connecting back to that which i didn't actually consider the first time uh through um but it, it's important that it's not help or sos it's a human greeting hello it's simple it's mm -hmm. polite um, it's just a polite thing to say to other humans and they are sharing with the world that, Hey, we actually haven't lost our humanity down here. Right. And that I think is, is really what the, um, kind of, it, it drives home a lot of the, the themes and questions this, this whole film has brought up that, you know, we are greatly and sometimes gravely 
affected by the environment that we're, we're placed in. And we can become things that are very horrible, very dark, and very not human. But we can come out of them. There's hope. Right. There's hope. And we can come out of them being human. Yeah. And roll credit. I feel like you kind of, we've shared our final thoughts throughout the whole thing. But uh, this is this is a movie that uh, is really special to me. I don't, I think watching it now as I'm 31 years old, it's definitely hits a different note, especially in the world we are in today, the current political climate, the social justice climate and the uh, pandemic we're in. So it definitely hit a different note for me. Um, this movie actually went on to spawn a sequel 28 weeks later. I don't know. There's supposed to be talk of a 21, 28 months later that's going to happen. But the 28 weeks later sequel, I don't know if you've seen it or not. Yeah, I have. It's, it's, uh, it's, not it's relatively well-received. Um, Danny Boyle did not return to direct. Alex Garland did not return to uh, write the script. The screenplay and none of the original actors return. There are some great actors in that film, but it is definitely a different vibe, a different vein uh, than the first one. So it's, it's the scope is bigger. Yeah, the, and the, I, I mean, there's a, there's a level that I, I enjoy an increase of scope, um, but that's really not what this this film was about thematically. Right. All right, I think that's a wrap on the film. Twenty eight days later, uh, James, do you have any final thoughts about it? Yeah, I really enjoy this film, even though I have a particular distaste for horror movies in general. Um, maybe that's overstating things, but um, this movie uh, brings up a lot of deep questions uh, while still maintaining a good pace and um, being, f I don't want to say fun, but but intense in the way you want a movie, a horror movie uh, to be in an enjoyable way. Um, and it, it brings up a lot of questions about morality versus survival and in a way that's never preachy, but in a way that we kind of think, have to think and question about um, the kinds of things we do and believe that uh, we might take for granted in a world where you don't have to look over your shoulder to survive. What are your th final thoughts? Well, I love this movie top to bottom. There are some weak parts in it, of course, like any movie, but this movie really kickstarted my love for horror in general. Uh, that and The Ring, which came out similar time period while I was in middle school. And uh, yeah, I think more on just personal side, this is easily in the top five horror movies for me of all time. Well, this has been the Cine Siblings Podcast. So go follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Pod. I'm Ian. And I'm James. And until next time, go watch a new movie. Or enjoy an old one. Bye.